Welcome to How Rude, an exhaustive deconstruction of the classic 90s sitcom Full House. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon Shockney. I play the bass. And to my left is my co-host, who will go ahead and say his name now. Meow, 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 meow. I'm on the guitar. (laughs) I'm also auto-tuned. And my name is John Pertisek. And together, Brandon and I are just a couple of road dudes. Road dudes. We're just a couple of road dudes. And to our immediate left is our guest and honorary road dude of the week, who will introduce himself now. Hello, I am Brian Tuff. Yes, you are. And I am all business. Yeah, <laughs> he's our manager. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be mean, though, or we'll fire you. You guys need to practice more. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want you going out there and humiliating yourselves. Oh, uh, good I'm not point. wearing pants. What? Out there. <laughs> out there. <laughs> Brian, uh, you joined us to watch uh, We Got the Beat. Right. We got the beat. We got the beat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a song we surprisingly hear in the episode. No, but, they probably didn't get the rights to that. But they got the rights to I Saw the Sign and Don't Go Breaking My Heart. They oh, used to right. my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot. Uh, Brian, did you grow up watching Full House at all? Did you have a relationship with that show? Absolutely. I grew up watching it. It was part of TJF, correct? And so I watched I'm an American, shows. aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I did. <laughs> I, am a, I am an American, red-blooded. I watched, I watched this. And yeah, I... Uh, it's pretty much how I remembered it. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Um, I it, it, it's something to be desired, of course. But yeah. you know, they hit the moments, they hit the beats, and you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I think I, I, I said it as we were watching, but you did wind up being like our, one of our kinder guests. Like, look, they did it. They got their job done. Yeah, they put in the work. <laughs> they did. They definitely. Uh, that's definitely a successful sitcom. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I happened to watch like two episodes of um, Two Broke Girls last night. But uh, <laughs> do you enjoy that show? No. Well, Why were you about? watching that show? Well, because I was actually flipping through the channels and I just had it on as I was doing something, and uh, I actually was watching Run Lola Run. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was okay. really cool. I, did, I, I yeah. it was just on TV, so I fell into that. And then after that was done, I had to get some stuff done. So then I just turned the TV. On while I was doing stuff on my computer, and it was an hour, and I got stuff done. Uh, two Broke Girls was on. Anyway, I don't see much of a difference between Two Broke Girls and Full House. The format point. and the style hasn't changed that much. Like right, the I, I think I made well, the before that like sitcoms now multi cameras are like meaner, maybe yes. like a little flintier. Of course, there's a there's a couple things. They're always like basically a lot of the punchlines are like. How, how close can I get to swearing? Or how close can I get to saying something nasty? Like, there was some sort of weird allusion, I'm pretty sure, to a rim job last night. And I'm Whoa. like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, that's going to go over the most people's heads, so why make this joke? I, I don't, it was like, I don't know. But, and also, similarly, I think, yes, what you're saying about the meanness is I really noticed that whenever I watch with my. When I like, you know, with my cousins who were small, whenever they'd have a Disney show on, uh-huh. like every joke of every show is just 
how mean can we be to the adults? And it's like, no. oh, it's like okay, great. Like, so the kids are like supporting each other, but all the parents are just dumb dumb. No, the kids don't necessarily. There's not necessarily solidarity amongst kids. They're right. really they're crab- just out for number one. Yeah, man. they're, they're like, all all the kids in these Disney shows are crabs in a barrel pulling each other down. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> like, I know who I am. I'm the star of the show. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the I'm, star of the show. I know who I am. Dude, actually, behind the scenes, I bet all of those kids and their parents are monsters like that. Like, mm-hmm. they're probably all like, why didn't Derek have more lines this week? You know he's the next Justin Timberlake. I mean, speaking of uh, Disney shows, I just saw the teaser trailer for Raven's Home, oh. the sequel series to That's So Raven. And She's an adult now? She's an adult. She has uh, twins, but the boy is psychic. And there's, like, a huge core cast of kids. Like, the trailer was like, that's my brother, that's my sister, that's my friend, that's our neighbor, that's my other friend, this is my other friend, this is my other neighbor. <laughs> that's so weird that she's doing that. Oh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. She was just <laughs> on an episode of Master of None where they kind of poke fun at that So Raven. Oh. And I mean, now she's, like... Get that money. Get gonna that be doing it six months later? <laughs> In the trailer, she's, like, playing tennis with her butt. Like, she's bouncing tennis balls, like, off her... But <laughs> she knows she wants to be goofy. She, she knows what it is. In Master of None, she has like a talk show. Oh, yeah. Like it's called Raven and it's like a talk show. <laughs> I did not know that. That's funny. Yeah. And th- I could see that being the route she went, not mm-hmm. going back to. Yeah, we all got to go back. We all got to go Raven's back. Raven's home? Raven's home. <laughs> it's not even about Raven, really. It's about the little boy because it's a show yeah. for kids, ultimately. But you got to have that star power name of Raven. Raven. Simone. Brian? <laughs> If you saw Brandon and I on the street and you didn't know us, uh-huh. imagine. Okay. Try. Sure. <laughs> and you were dying from I'm, some unspecified oh, sh- illness or wound or injury. Yeah. And the last thing you needed to do before dying and ascending into heaven is summarize this episode in a single sentence. How would you sort of distill what this was about? Uncle Jesse shows that you have to practice if you want to be good at something. Which is weird because I don't know if we've ever seen Uncle Jesse practice. We that was we my one sentence, have. and then I had an addendum, by the way. There which you is go. weird because, like, how does Uncle Jesse have all this time to be the manager for his niece's weird thrown together band, and also just you know if he's not practicing with his band, I don't know, or his it's, on his own. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. It's called the X Factor, and Jesse's got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the X. I mean, yeah, and when you put in it. as much work as he already has, it's like riding a bike. For these yeah. kids, like they don't, they're not trained yet. Mm-hmm. They don't have the muscle memory He's to sort of here. pick it back up. In the world, though, Jesse's never had like a hit song, right? Yes, he, he has. One. In Japan. Oh, right. Forever. Okay. Yes. He almost did an Asian tour, but then Becky said no, so he didn't. Okay. His career has been throughout this eight se- eight season series an unmitigated, laughably muddled disaster. Sure. Disaster. He's had two bands. The one he's in now, technically, still, is called Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. <laughs> okay, so they're he's the really, hot daddy. He's the hot daddy, and they're his monkey puppets. All right. <laughs> so they're, he's really, uh, they're really making fun of him in this. I get it. Oh, yeah, he's a complete, like, the fact that he's so desperate to sort of get involved with this band and sort of, let's okay. be honest, rekindle the flame of, like, oh, I get to be the mentor. I get to be the, the, the context, the frame of reference. It's all about his ego. Okay. It's pathetic. Wow. I get it now. It's just interesting. It's hard not to uh, to watch this. Uh, you know, obviously Don Rickles passed away not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess John Stamos and Bob Saget were huge friends with Don Rickles. I did mm-hmm. not know that. 
Yeah, because uh, Jimmy Kimmel was a big friends with friends with uh, Don Rickles, so he had those guys on to ah. tell stories. And then I started going on YouTube dive, and there's a lot of times where Don Rickles would come on Jimmy Kimmel's show with John Stamos, and they just like shared all these stories. And I don't know, there there were a lot of things that stuck out. Obviously, uh, not sure that a lot of Don Rickles' comedy has aged well. I'll mm-hmm. put it I'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily like the most woke. Yeah. Uh, uh, sure. But, um, like, PC Snowflakes would not appreciate it. No, they definitely would not. I mean, there's a, they need some trigger warnings for Don Rickles, I think. But the problem is, is like, uh, is what, like, I couldn't get my head around was that they tell these stories about hanging out with, like, Sinatra and Dean Martin. And and I was like, why is John Stamos there? Like, he was apparently, I mean, I, a kid. He would have been, like, a super young guy. He just was like a super A lister. And, it's just like lost, and it's he still is apparently. He still hangs out with like everyone who's everyone. I, I mm-hmm. think he's he's just there's something about him that people like. He hung out with the Beach Boys. He like hung out with all these people that I mean, I, f- people must have either saw like potential in him or they were like, we just like this. He's likable. Yeah, think he's, he's earnest. Maybe very yeah. earnest with these people. That'll take you a long way. Yeah, I mean, in John Stamos did a show that we discussed on here, his first sitcom, I think, which was called You Again. Okay, and in that. The Beach Boys appear. So the Beach Boys have been in, th- in full house consistently throughout the entire series. So he has had a relationship with them. In that sitcom, he's like, what, 17 years old? Yeah. So he has um, some reference And then them. he did a soap opera for a while, right? That's actually what put him on the map. I okay. think he did General Hospital. Yeah. And then he did, yeah, Full House. Then he was on ER. He was oh, good yeah. on ER. Yeah. I liked his, I liked his character on ER. People, I mean, people ge- generally really like John Stamos. Yeah. He's got a, he, and he's got a... I think a fairly respectable reputation in theater as well because oh, he's he's done cabaret he's done I think um, Bye Bye Birdie I think he did on Broadway that mm-hmm. revival did not last Uh-oh. longer than like a month it failed miserably but I think people would enjoy him in all sorts of mm-hmm. contexts he's never been able to kind of elevate to film he'll never uh, he'll never be a real movie star yeah. right so what's the difference between him and George Clooney did George Clooney just get there first. Like, is George Clooney, is there, like, just different, slightly different bone structure? Is there something more mm. serious about George Clooney? Cause, or something maybe George about, Clooney just took his corner and, like, you know, there could only be one, and so George Clooney... I, I, I think he proved his acting chops dramatically on, on ER for so long that people were like, let's start putting him in movies. And then he was in, like, some weird movies well, up top, it, it was like a strange, action movies. It was a strange like transition because... He went from ER, and I feel like the first big movie credit he really did was Batman and Robin, and that really threatened to sort of. No, he was in those like out of he was, sight. He was in that action movie with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, oh, the, Keeper. The Peacekeeper. That, fir- that's literally the first movie DreamWorks ever released. Oh, I think. Right. Fun trivia. Yeah. But yeah, so so he was doing these like action things and kind of schlocky like mm-hmm. B movie stuff, and then yeah, at some point they were like. At some point Let's he did. Put him in a drama. At some point he did intolerable cruelty, and at that point he was like, I feel like in that moment, really? yeah, that Coen Brothers movie that people don't really yeah. remember. Sure. It's not that great. Or Ocean's Eleven. Didn't he do Ocean's Eleven before that? I don't know. Here's a like uh, unspoken truth about George Clooney. It's like, oh, look at his arm. Yeah, of course. What's the last good movie you've seen him in, or big movie? He's kind of just famous for being famous. That's the unspoken truth. He's and definitely a, he's definitely like a, a man. Like when you see him in a film, you're like, that's absolutely just George Clooney. Of course, he doesn't. Disappear, of course. Into and what, his role. like, like what? I can't, I can't even think of like what would it be. I thought he was very good up in the air. In, up in the air. Or I thought he was getting gravity. He has kind of a lesser Smart. part in that. Of course. 
I think it was like five years ago, right? He was in like Hail Caesar. I didn't care for that yeah. recently, that Coen Brothers movie. I would argue that Up in the Air was his most recent, like, this is us referencing him as, re- as a respectable sure. actor as opposed to like him appearing as a movie star. Like, hello, I'm okay. George Clooney. Yeah, I think he's good and I'm not ripping on him, but I do think he's more famous for being famous than he is. Like, because like even his, his, like, what is his like iconic role? Like, it's not Michael Clayton because that didn't break through, See, although that movie's awesome. It's Batman. really good. He was in the Thin yeah, Red, it was in the Thin Red Line. Thin red line. I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. But I think Three Kings was a big turning point. For oh, him. that's yeah. right. Yeah, that um, was a good movie for him. And then Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? After oh, that, I mean, sure. And then there was and then Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm was like a pretty big deal. Oh, that was the huge summer movie. And then Ocean's Eleven, I think, is kind of what elevated him into like A list. Ocean's Eleven is like all those. That's the line. Right. Yeah. He's playing the A lister. It's like him and Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. At that they're point, all there. Yeah. This is he's one of them now. Right. He is. Also, uh, Solaris happens at some point. Yeah, like, just just the next year. Solaris. And that's also that didn't Soder- make much of a. I think no. that was like a drop in the bucket. Sure. So that's Soderbergh. So- Soderbergh, though. So- yeah. Soder- Soderbergh. <laughs> I have a hard time pronouncing things sometimes. Sure. But uh, Steven yeah. Soderbergh. He works and with that, Soderbergh a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of where his hookup started, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's you align yourself mean. with. I think a big factor is you align yourself with people who are respected, right? And that, like, like Stamos clearly. Except with Stamos, it's more like I think he just sort of cultivated a group that he really liked sure. as opposed to a Clooney who seemed to be like aligning himself with people who could like pull him up. Yeah. I don't think Stamos has ever been super interested in being pulled up and becoming like that sort of a list. I think he just enjoys having his career, getting the work. Sure. <laughs> I think what he really enjoys is making the- fun of Asians with Don Rickles. <laughs> Uh, no, he, he was actually pretty good. He'd be like, Don, you know, I mean, he knew like, he, he like, <laughs> Don, knew better. Stop. I mean, that's obviously not like comforting to anyone who's going to be offended by these yeah. jokes, but he's, he wasn't, he, I, I it's not know. picking up the sword, right? He was, he was reluctant at least. <laughs> no, I think what he really enjoys, uh, is something that George Clooney also enjoys, which is the ladies. <laughs> he's a player. Yeah. Have you, he uh, loves the perks and one of those perks is. Those sweet girls. <laughs> not a uh, okay. Not to reference another podcast on this podcast, okay. so you can add this up. Have you? Do you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast with? Uh, okay, so he did one with Michael Rapaport, and he was talking about uh, just if Michael Rapaport had any stories from Sylvester Stallone, and I guess that Sylvester Stallone was saying that that Burgess Meredith, the guy who plays uh, Bur- uh, Burgess Meredith, Burgess yeah. Meredith, yeah, one. yeah, see, so yeah, yeah, he uh, uh, like from Rocky. I guess he Stallone called him a quote world class stick man. Which is a term that Stallone would use to describe someone who, a man who, or also could work for a woman, uh, who just sleeps around a lot. World-class stick man. And so, world-class stick man. The mm. phrase world-class stick man comes to mind when I think of John Stamos. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that Stamos is uh, respectable with the women he's with when he's with them. Oh, of as course. As opposed to, like, but he's been running with, around town. Of course, but he... But also, he's been with like a lot of different women, and I feel like you're. Me, I feel like you're almost like judging him for it. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. Is he bit, married? But he's not married. Not anymore. Oh, they they were officially divorced on March first, two thousand five. Are you talking about Rebecca Romain? Yeah, I forgot he was married <laughs> also, to Rebecca Romain. What are you talking about? We watched that unauthorized philosopher. That was a huge segment yeah. in that. Movie. Why haven't we used this excuse to watch X Men and do an X Men review? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll say Rebecca Romain. Enough of a wait. Who's Rebecca Romain in the X Men movies? She's Mystique. Mystique. And she also oh. has a cameo. she's a cameo in the new ones when when yeah. remember that when, when Jennifer Lawrence turns into an older version of herself yeah, and she's it's Rebecca Romain. Romain. And you're like, dang, you aged really well. Yeah. Was that uh, an apocalypse? No, that's uh 
first class. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, well. <laughs> what a bad. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, Rebecca Remain Stamos. Talk about, like, that's a really good name. Like, when she took the name Stamos, that yeah. sounds great. Rebecca Remain also sounds great, but, like, good for her. Sounds like a salad. What's she doing? She's. <laughs> I'm sure she's doing well. She's in the librarians. That, uh, that okay, never mind. Never mind. I no, think uh, I think we shall uh, begin the proper discussion of oh, this sure. Full House episode mm-hmm. by discussing the <laughs> cold, cold open. open. Sure. One of the shortest cold opens we've ever experienced. Do you get what we're doing, though? Uh, yeah, you're you're shivering because it was a cold, cold open. open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, this is, yeah, yeah, after this cold sure. open, I will say that John turned to me and said, wow, you're really forgiving of this. Because <laughs> after the cold open, I guess I was just like subconsciously nodding like, okay, yeah, that's a good joke. You really set it up and paid it off. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, they're kids, and it was like you know degree of difficulty. I thought I, I, I don't know. It. Literally, Michelle is doing nothing in her room. The kids come in and go, Michelle, have you heard this joke? And she's like, lay it on me. And they're like, what is for legs and burks? I don't know. No, she knows. She says a dog. <laughs> oh yeah. And, oh, then one, God, yeah. and then one of them turns to the other one, the twins, Uncle Jesse's twins, yeah. uh, who will grow up to be world class stickmen. Uh, <laughs> Laying pipe everywhere. Right. And they say, um, yeah, uh, she's heard it already. And then they leave. Yeah. And it's then maybe it, it it's goes, maybe uh, four, it's maybe fourteen seconds. It's psychotic it's how really short. short it is. I liked that. I thought it was cool. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hey, Michelle, cool. why has four legs and feet and a collar and worms coming out of his butt? <laughs> they, said, they said the setup. I missed it. I missed the joke. I okay. was like, bark? I heard bark. Sure. Four case barks. I thought it was fine. <laughs> we come out of the, uh, the uh, theme song. <laughs> We uh, we zoom out from a guitar and who's that playing it? Oh, it's Stephanie. Stephanie. It's bad. And who's playing the guitar as well? Oh, it's Gia. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> and they're in their it's, bedroom. It, it's, when I realized this was going to be a Stephanie centric episode, I was like, "Those still happen?" <laughs> oh, that's possible. That's a thing. This late in the game, we hate the show. Hates Stephanie. It does. The, Steph- the, the Stephanie plots tend to be minor and very much off to the side. <laughs> what if it was a DJ story at first? Oh, and then they reworked it. And then it. they were like... Well, DJ and Kimmy have already done a band. Yeah. They, like, this is just a complete rehash of something we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse comes in with Becky, and he's like, Oh, guys starting a band, huh? Interesting. <laughs> that takes me back. I don't like it. To good old days. Also, you guys are sure Gia is not Hillary Swank. Gia <laughs> is... That is the single craziest thing ever. <laughs> Ever in my life. Okay, that's fine. If Gia was Hillary Swank, first of all, she would have never appeared on Fuller House, which this actress did. Okay. She returned to play Gia. Um, uh, I'll tell you what her actual name is. I mean, Hillary Swank's career, we're talking about Peace and Valleys. Right. Not great. Right. Million Dollar. B- 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 uh, nine Lives? She's not Nine Lives. Is that Jennifer Garner? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Hillary. <laughs> I was never in Nine Lives. How dare you? I was in Freedom Fighters. I was in Billion Dollar Baby. <laughs> Which is about a baby who's rich. <laughs> um, they're uh, they are playing this, their. This one came out on my birthday. What did February? We got the beat February twenty first. How old would you have been turning? Nineteen ninety five. I was born in ninety eight. Blink blink. So I was. Happy seven. birthday. Seven two. So the girls are practicing their chords. <laughs> Jesse uh, and Becky basically put this idea in their heads that they're good enough to potentially be. 
a part of this young talent search that they're doing through Wake Up San Francisco. Right, which is kind of how we all have gotten into performing in some way or another, is that someone needed us, some people to fill slots, and then they tell us, you're good enough to do it, and then you talk yourself into it, and then you're kind of yeah. stuck. How many talent shows have I done? <laughs> yeah. I can't even begin to count. Well, you know, I mean, anyway, welcome to hell, girls. <laughs> <laughs> a showcase? Uh, yeah. Yes, please. Tide five? The, I only, do that. the only time I was in a talent show, I... Uh, I was like, I did a bit in it. Like they were like, they oh, came up no. to me. I was in the audience, and they were like, "No, you've already told said- this story. You've already <laughs> told the story. You will not tell it again. You're not going to tell a story about how cool you were and how everyone loved how funny it was. You take that story and you can fucking go to the grave with it. As far as I'm concerned, if, if listeners have forgotten, I was very cool. <laughs> you were very funny, not cool. I was both. I towed that line. Funny and cool. How does he do it? It's they really had good. Brandon do an improvised choreographed dance to a song. You remembered. They were <laughs> you remembered. <laughs> Brian, have you ever been in a talent show or a uh, well young adult talent search? <laughs> not like a talent show, but just like bad middle school plays, and then like, oh, let's find more bits for you to do. And it was like, oh, I see. All right, I see what this is. This is a. This I'm the clown. Yeah, this is all a scam. Are you a <laughs> scam? Are you musically inclined at all? Uh, not particularly inclined, but it hasn't stopped me before. <laughs> wow. This is why they kept giving you more bits, because they were like, I like my, that. My, more. my glasses, they've cracked. A lot like Uncle, jo- <laughs> Uncle Joey, yeah. I am always on. <laughs> Just so you know, you might want to know that Hillary Swank was in Spark, A Space Tale, as the queen. Spark, A Space Tale? <laughs> the <laughs> animated adventure of one monkey's... Ascension? Remember when Hillary Swank didn't thank her husband? That was like the biggest deal. And also, perhaps that's a sign that she is also a stick man. Like she forgot her own husband because she's out there just really laying pipes. I don't know for sure, but she's dropping clam. (laughs) Good God. I can't believe I haven't seen that movie she did, You're Not You. (laughs) Which is maybe one of the worst names for a movie. You're Not You. Poor Jennifer. No, Hillary Swank. Anyway, I can't. They're you think it's Gia? Uh, you think it's Jennifer Garner? So he's like, Electra? <laughs> boogie woogie woogie. That's true. They're all kind of stepping on each other's toes a little I'm bit. Sorry. They're George Clooney to John Stamos a little. I, I do hate to interrupt, but Brandon is giggling because I said, <laughs> I said it's Electra, and then Brandon turned it into a electric slide joke. Yeah, I know. I noticed. I just wanted to get that very clearly on the record. It's Electra. Boogie woogie woogie woogie. <laughs> All right. So proud. I feel funny like. And cool. <laughs> funny, funny and, and cool. Funny and cool. Anyway. Uh, so they decide that they're going to uh, go with this. They're going to be in this uh, band, but they need a drummer. They need a keyboard player. You can't have a band without either. If you're going to get an extra for this drummer, why didn't the show just get an actual girl who could actually play the drums? Which, yeah, that's a very good point, because what she is doing is not playing the drums. And uh, so they get Melissa Clayton is the actress name, and she's playing Melissa Morgan. Yeah, and the character they describe as someone who doesn't have a life. So, of course, she'll be more than available to play the drums for our band. Things Melissa Clayton was in. Let's look here. She was uh, before she was in Full House. This is depressing me already. She was in House 4, which looks to be... House 4. There's a pizza man. The screen grab for House 4 is a pizza man. Yep, and then there's the... Home Deadly Home. That's the tagline for Home House 4. She was in House 
She was in House 4. Did you know that the the first sequel to House is called House 2, The Second Story? She was in A Child Lost Forever, the Jerry Sherwood story. Oh, that's... If that is not a Lifetime movie, I don't know what is. She was in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Brotherly Love. She does not have a great career. (laughs) You know what? This is something that should go without saying and something we all know. Are you mad? But this is a really hard business, okay? (laughs) And yeah, it's easy for us to sit around and laugh from the cheap seats. No, no, you're you're tearing down the whole podcast right now. But we're not out there. We weren't in those callbacks for House 4. We don't know what they had us do, had they had to do. You're not in Spark a Space Tale. You don't know how, what the sides were like to You're Not You. <laughs> All right? So maybe we should just keep it professional and show a little courtesy to our fellow <laughs> artists. Actors. So in this, I'm not me. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I just have one question. Yeah, I'm not me. <laughs> You're not you. Yeah, I'm not me. Okay, great. Also, just want to say two uncredited IMDb credits from this episode. The judge, the talent show judge. Yeah. Uh, the black guy? He's, yeah, he's in here uncredited. And then J.R. Schwartz as herself. What Don't, could that possibly mean? Totally. She's got to be one of the kids uh, performing in the talent show then. Like, right. oh, yeah. Because so, they clearly pulled a lot of kids J- who could, like, J- play instruments and shit. Right. So clearly, JR's, like, manager edited this IMDb page to give yeah. it the credit. Also, we just want to, I just want to clarify something John said about the judge. So they have a talent show at the end of that, the third act. Is it a three act show, would you say? Or I would say th- a third act. Yeah, yeah. They have a third act where it's, like, gangs it's all It's an old play from the 1800s. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> great. So they have. Act five. <laughs> they, they have, uh,. The uh, talent show, and everyone is there watching this talent show, and there's a crowd of people, and they're all white, and then there are two people in the front who happen to be African-American who are the judges, and mm-hmm. it's like... There's also an, Asian, an older, like, middle-aged Asian couple in the front row, and a very sad-looking Hawaiian-esque, maybe, woman sure. who has a very sad face. <laughs> so it was very clear from the beginning that the, um, I don't know, instead of giving, I don't know, it's just like, instead of giving African-Americans lines or parts or wants mm-hmm. or anything... You can be the judges. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Kenneth J. Morgan. Yeah, his craziest credit was Sex Sent Me to the ER. Is this one of those recreation shows where like yeah. someone's telling a story it's, and it's sadly there's recreated? There's 70 episodes of it. Nice. Seven, at least 70 people have been sent to the ER because of sex. Sex Sent Me to the ER. They probably do three stories per show, so that's like 210 people. Yeah. <laughs> Man. If I could just do some quick math. Well, I have to say, he had a terrific stage presence. I would love to see him do more. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it was good for him. When he handed the paper? <laughs> yeah. When he went, here you go, here's the winner. Well, they kept showing him nodding and taking notes. So mm-hmm. It's like, okay. The very, the very basic layout of this show is that the girls... Uh, want to form a band for this talent show. Jesse agrees to be their manager. Are you going to glide over the whole he, thing? He is mean. Don't glide over the whole thing. What else? There are moments. Okay. There are moments, I say. What moments? Well, Kimmy's the keyboardist. <laughs> yeah. She's the worst, yet she agrees to be in this band with p- kids who are like four to five years younger than she is. Mm-hmm. Which is always how annoying people are. They always hang out with people younger than them. Hey. I'm the cool older person. Mm. You're, not older, you're not older than me. You're maybe older than this little baby over here. Me? You're a baby. Yeah, how old are you? 31. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Same. I'm 29, guys. You're, that's not the same. <laughs> no, it's, it is a different number. I'll give you that. I wasn't saying I was the cool older person hanging out with the youngs. 
No, it's That's never cool. Kimmy, I say. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying, too. Yeah. I don't hang out with, like, 22-year-olds. That'd be the worst. See? That's what Kimmy would be doing, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that whole runner uh, is sort of seen throughout the rest of the show, but I want to talk about the what's sprinkled throughout. The uh, B plot. B stands for uh, bad investment. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, sure. Because uh, a DJ is doing her homework in a economics duck shirt. class. Yeah. yeah. She's taking economics class, but she's wearing a duck shirt. Mm-hmm. She looks like Baby Huey mm-hmm. with her little yellow shirt with a giant goo-goo baby collar. Mm-hmm. She looks like a moron. She, uh, she's doing this economics project where she has to like make smart like investments mm-hmm. and make money. And this sparks Joey and Danny to be like, oh, let's, let's invest in this toy company. Glamo. Glamo Toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they do that. And then, of course, the stock goes down in Glamo Toys. And they sell or Joey sells the stocks too early because the stocks go back up, but they've already sold their shares. Kimmy's made a bundle because she also got the tip mm-hmm. from DJ, and so she got to buy, like, a new keyboard. And the craziest moment in all of that is when Bob Saget gets to do something that I assume that he wanted to do, which is his Irish jig bit. Yeah, he's like, what? They went up. We're going to make so much money. It, uh, they do it twice, I believe, so at least we didn't have to sit through it a third time. I'll he should have done out. a sad version. Like when he found out Joey sold the shares, he should have gone like... See, Brandon oh, could be in this industry. He yeah. just had a like... He could do punch-up. When they first agree to invest in that company, by the way, Joey says, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get all the money from my belch jar. Yes, that is the thing, a belch jar, which he says he has enough money to buy a condo. Which is why he hasn't moved out, I guess. Did, did you ever have anything like that? Like a swear jar or a belt jar or like something where you would regularly put money in? No. Fair. Because I never curse. I have a bank. <laughs> You're a grown-ass man. <laughs> 31 for life. Since I was 13, I had a bank account. You never had a bank account? When did you get a bank account? I don't... When I left no, for college. When I, when I started... when I started Maybe when I was in high school and had a job. When I started having a, a job. job, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, of course. So when did you start having a job? Like, like 16. Yeah. 16. Yeah. I wasn't that far ahead. I didn't get a job until I was like 16. Mm-hmm. 15, actually. Yeah, when I was 15, I had a job, but then... But you scrimped and saved. Lawnmower. Yeah, but like, when you have like... Hold you, on. <laughs> right. Summer, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might have had like $100 in there, but I, you know... I had a bank account. You're a responsible young man. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I know. you know, I, I, I said that now, but I, I bet you I, I had one earlier than 16, too. And I, my family I, was just like, you have money in there that you're not going to touch, but it's in there. See, Ooh. I remember specifically being like when I was, when it was like 13 or 14, being like, I have $50 in the bank. You know what I mean? Like, I remember thinking like <laughs> I was going to buy an airplane or something and be a Bond villain, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah. You had Joey syndrome. In your mind, you were like, that's enough for a condo. Like, <laughs> that's true. Joey, get a bank account. It's actually really sad if you look account. at the statistics of like um, the percentage of people who are poor who don't have bank accounts. It's actually like a, it's really expensive to be poor, and it's, that's one of the ways it's like, you know, folks don't actually protect their money. <laughs> it's something really bad. It, it's a really it's a bad phenomenon. <laughs> Just trying to raise awareness. <laughs> <laughs> I only agree. You said if I did this show that I could talk about the issues that were important to right. me. Right. <laughs> the survey of consumer finances will show. Hold on. Summer see you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Summer jam. Please continue. 
Yes, you said I could talk about the survey of consumer finances. <laughs> the military the industrial complex conducted is fueled by the, by the blood Treasury. of men and women. Uh, none of these things are things I have said. I said simply <laughs> that more folks should have bank accounts or have that. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Sun's out, baby. Summer jam. <laughs> we apologize. When it gets hotter like this, we do tend to become a little bit punchy. Sure. A little bit slap happy. That's fine. Let's keep. <laughs> let's keep. <laughs> so we we return to the uh, the band story because we see them practicing. I saw the sign. It's okay. They're clearly yeah. dubbed. Yeah, I saw the sign. They're singing. They're singing well, and, and Jesse's like pretty good. But we gotta keep practicing. And they're like, "Can we take five and go to the mall?" And he's like, "He, he says, five. he says, yeah, take five. And then they get, then they say, "Great, let's go, go to, to the, the mall. mall." He's like, "All right, take ten. You said nice things about my hair." Yeah. Hair flattery will get you everywhere with John Stamos. Right. Yeah, Gia says, how could someone so mean have such great hair? You're a teenage girl. Stop flirting with your friends like uncle. It's, it's going to be hard, though, because he is a world-class stick, stick man. man. Just a handsome man. How do you, uh, hold on. All right. Put on some shades. Never jam, maybe. Um... So, yeah, Jesse's sort of... A, this is where it starts to crumble because they're already calling him mean old man. They're like, you mean old nasty man. Yeah. You dirty old man telling us to practice. My blisters have blisters. So they get, they get in a whole kerfuffle and they're like, we don't need... You know what? We don't need you. We don't need you, Uncle Slave Driver. Yeah, maybe don't say slave in a show where black people never talk. <laughs> like I'm just saying. Yeah. Might be something to consider. So uh, he, he's like, fine, I, I like don't want to do this anyway. He gets yeah. he gets royally, like genuinely pissed off. Yeah. Showing John Stamos's acting range. Hmm? He really gets he's, like he can be flawed. He's like, hey, look, you guys need to practice. I'm not gonna go fun enough. bags all the time. Yeah. You have to I mean, if you want to win this contest and be taken seriously, and he, like as we said after right after we were done, he is in the right. Of he's course. Right. You know he's in the right the whole time, you know. This, was, this choice of his to be their manager was based in ego, but he's taking it seriously. It, hold on. Right. There can't be that much grass to mow yeah. out there. Put that sunscreen You would think, on. Summer Jam. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that there wouldn't be that much grass. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> yeah. there's an obsessive compulsive neighbor of Brandon's who... No, it's the maintenance guy. The maintenance. <laughs> That's how you say it? Maintenance. Maintenance. Tell him we're doing a podcast. Hello. Maintainment. Ring a ding ding. There are lots of podcasts in this complex, by the way. Nice. Yeah. In uh, FR, there's Donut Time. And then in uh, 6A, there's Jingle All the Way. That's the podcast where they just watch Jingle All the Way yeah. every week. Uh, there's uh, Polyamorous Politics. Have you ever heard of that podcast? No, but that's a good name. <laughs> Poly Poly. It's called Polly Polly. Polly Polly Psy. Yeah, P O L Y P O L I. They, uh, oh, so Derek, best. I was going to say, this we is when I got into. Oh, worry? Oh, we're here. <laughs> My favorite character oh, wow. is Derek, and this is his last episode. So I just want to talk over the lawnmower, this homophobic lawnmower who wants me to be silenced, <laughs> but I will not be silenced. Uh, I, <clears throat> I'm disappointed that we're not going to see Derek again. It kind of bums me out. I, I yeah. looked up specifically how far he went into the series, and this is... He's dead now. Is, <laughs> Derek is not dead. I want Derek to come back to Fuller House. I If you told me he came back to Fuller House, I'd You'd watch... You'd watch season three. I'd watch every season. If he was only in one episode, I'd watch it until it was canceled. 
Uh, and so Derek and Michelle show up, and they want to be a part of the band. They offer. Their, uh, Derek says, "We are offering our services to you," and they immediately make fun of. It's Derek uh, and Lisa want to be a part of the band. Michelle right. is their manager. Right. And the girls are like, fuck you. You're children. You're babies. We're, we're, this is a real band. We're serious about posing in the mirror and pretending that we're in a band and mm-hmm. not actually rehearsing, which Ugh. is the lesson of the show. Brats. Meanwhile, and I didn't grasp this, those two go off and they do their own thing. Mm-hmm. They got a no. They got a rejection. They're like, fine. We'll go do our own thing. And we'll, we'll practice. As so, Derek says, the risk of humiliation has borne bitter fruit. He hears their mockery, and he goes, the only reason you're making fun of me is because you are not willing to put in the work. You, you know the risk of humiliation. You know what comes with performing, and yet you have turned bitter. It's because you're not courageous like me, Derek, and my friend Lisa, who is also here. Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm Lisa. I'm not gross anymore. I'm not gross anymore. I'm a little performer like Derek. We've turned Lisa into a... I like to gross Lisa. She's a classic... F-A-G hag. <laughs> She's just right there by Derek's side. She thinks that they're going to ma- get married. Don. That was me doing John Stavos to your Don Rickles. Don would never say that. I think Don, if he was ever going to reference gay people, he would always call them like, sw- I, in my mind, he's calling them swishy. Like, okay. oh, look at Jasmine over here. He seems a little bit swishy. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a pretty good Don Rickles. The only Don Rickles joke I actually know is, uh, hi, honey, you might want to get your eyes fixed. He would always say that to Asian women. Good God. That's an absolute oh Don Rickles joke. That's awful. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely I mean, awful. That was, the, that was back in the day when you could be like, Don Rickles, like you, that kind of comedian, it's like you're telling like Jew jokes. Like, yeah, yeah, this Jew over here, look at this Jew. Good God. <clears throat> that was the comedy back then. <laughs> All right, I also have to say that I, after he passed away, I found out his daughter was a stand-up. So I was like, oh, what is her stand-up like? It's the same. It's, she's just doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's bad. What's, What's my dad's material? Something, something Rickles, but yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. Donna. It's not good. I mean, it's Donna really Rickles. it's really offensive. You know what's better? D-A-W-N. Don. Oh, yeah, Don. It's really oh. good. I think I'm going to write a sketch now. Could you guys leave? <laughs> yeah, you just dress up as a woman Woo! like Don Rickles. I love a bit of drag for the sake of comedy. Uh, <laughs> so does Don Rickles. <laughs> Don. Now who are you looking up? You look just like Don Rickles? Christina Rickles? No, yeah. that's Christina Pickles. <laughs> Why is Don Rickles Pickles. and Mindy Christina Pickles, Pickles there it is. in the Mindy same Rickles. list? Mindy Rickles? Is that her? I'm pretty sure. Yep, that's her. Mindy Rickles. That's not a great name. She's got a name. She's got a set on Craig Ferguson from back in the day. It was kind of rough. Oh boy, goodness gracious. Anyway, it's uh, awful. So yeah, uh, the. There, there's an outfit that I want to mention real quick before we wrap up the whole band story because uh, at one point DJ sort of runs through the scene uh-huh. and she's wearing a flower dress with like thin straps that go far like the the yeah. scoop of the dress goes way below her breasts and it's like just terrible flower print it's with the, a white it's sweater the worst it's 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 quite I was taken aback it's yeah. really bad mm-hmm. uh, and. So the girls, I mean, long story short, they perform as part of this uh, young talent show. And, and they because do they haven't practiced, they're bad. They've practiced their choreography. The drummer even says, we bite, and then leaves. She walks right off stage. Which is like, for the teens watching the show, they're like, wow, they talk like us. Yeah. And who wins the show? That bites. Derek and Lisa, who they practice their little asses off. Derek had stage fright. Right. But they got over it. Which makes no sense. You say that. And you, you're using the evidence of we've seen Derek perform before, but we've never seen Derek moments before performing. 
We've, we've never seen... We've when never they, seen his school, inner life. We've see. never seen his inner life. What, what school thing? When he did that school performance that Michelle wanted to be the lead of, and he was the lead of. He got nervous in that episode, don't you remember? No. And Michelle was like, you're going to be fine. Like, even though she was mad at him because she wanted to play Yankee Doodle, he was, she was like, you're going to be fine. And then he did well. And then, then at the end, they came together and sang because they were friends and not rivals anymore. But he should he be over nervous. it by now. It's been years. There's this SBU you episode. Friend? All right, never mind. I'll let you. It's an SBU. No, <laughs> no it's gonna not never mind. Pivot. You say. There's an SBU episode with John Stamos. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, yes, I'm aware of this. Where he plays a man who's just going around trying to get as many women as pregnant as possible. <gasps> right. That, yeah, he's like, that's his like kink. Yeah. Like, he's trying to like l- like lay seed throughout the entire city. Yeah. Which, but he's not a killer, he's is a, he? No, he's not a killer. He's a lover. He's the perfect vessel for this crime. Are you kidding me? He spots women. And then is they, he killed? He's killed. No, at the end they catch him poking holes in his own condom in the bathroom of his hotel. How do you do that? How do you what? take a condom out of a wrapper? Oh, I guess you could just pierce it through the wrapper. Yeah. I thought you had to take it out. Anyway. Have so, you ever had stage fright? Of course. An actor... Always. Always. Overcomes. If you're not nervous, you don't care. Hmm? See? Derek cares. The girls oh don't. God. They're cocky. And that's why they do so poorly, because they're a not Derek nervous. Apologist. They're not prepared. Not a Derek apologist, a Derek champion. <laughs> I champion this young man, I do say. Champion. The performance that he and Lisa turn in of Don't Go Breaking My Heart is delightful. Don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. <laughs> they are sassy. This is good. Brassy. She's off Broadway. Meanwhile, oh, Uncle Joey Broadway. is playing the piano dressed as Elton John with a big hat and glasses. <laughs> and, and at the very finale, his yeah, his glasses That's shattered. the most low-rent Elton John look I've mm. ever seen cobbled Some together. Some Mad Hatter hat and... Big red glasses. Big glasses. It, it conveyed the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't. Got there. I don't know if I understood that Joey played the piano, but I guess I've seen him like for when they wrote jingles and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's played the piano. Yeah. It's just not something you expect from Joey. Yeah, talent, <laughs> ability, yeah. follow through, skill. Yeah. Do you think Joey got stage fright before he put on the Mad Hatter hat? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, he was perfectly. He was I think when you're always on like Uncle Joey is. That's different. Yeah. yeah. You're in your own different reality, which you, is not You're real. scared to turn it off. Exactly. You have the you're scared problem. to get off stage. I'm scared to be real with well, people. When That's Joey, it. That's exactly what Uncle Joey is. He never gets stage fright because he would actually get fright getting off the stage. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that joke that you pointed out where he makes fun of himself. He's looking at the numbers that DJ was crunching. Oh, yeah. And he says something like, this is higher than my cholesterol or something. Was that it? Yeah, well, there's yeah. a graph so of like, numbers going up, and he's like, wow, this looks like my cholesterol. And it's like, man, Joey, like... Try loving yourself? Wouldn't yeah. you like it better if he was like, this looks like my cholesterol. Help. Yeah. Anyway. Cholesterol's kind of a tough joke, and I know why they said it back then, because everyone was talking about it with I Can't Believe It's Not Butter and all the stuff about saturated fat and all the things that people thought they knew in the 90s. But sure. the truth is, is that... A lot, now we know that a lot of people don't have a lot of control over cholesterol. It's really hereditary and it's environmental and stuff. Oh, I don't know if I really understood that. That's so, I mean, it's, yeah, that's why the people take medication, even if you're rarely, like, appearing to be very fit or trim or whatever. Some people mm-hmm. still struggle with it. So a better joke would have been, like, this is me when I step on the scale. And we could have been, like, you're not that pudgy, Uncle Joey. Except the characters in this show would go, because mm. yeah, they, they hate you. They would be like, yeah, you tub of lard. <laughs> 
Anyway. This trash can <laughs> looks like the inside of my body. Help. Help. But I get... Yeah. They also gave Joey a romantic interest in the last episode that was immediately vanished. Yeah, like, she... They've given him, like, maybe nearly ten different women. They never last more than, I think, two episodes. It's pathetic. That's the comedian's <sighs> life. You know? You know? Yeah. When you're you can't a clown, keep him laughing. Keep going. <laughs> when you're a clown, nobody sticks around. That's what I wanted it to be. <laughs> when you're a clown. Second stanza. No, I'm not going to do another one. <laughs> but that's what we need, we need is we need Uncle Joey turning to a window as rain comes down, singing to himself mm-hmm. about how much he hates Taking himself. Taking off stage makeup yeah. Yeah. that you didn't even know you had Joey on. Joey is the Pagliacci of the show. Mm-hmm. He is the sad clown. Mm-hmm. The fool. The scene that you liked, you really, I think you did, something hit you in your heart during Jesse and Stephanie's makeup scene. Well, it just, it, it gave me... You loved me, it. It gave me... <laughs> you loved it. it. I didn't love it. You cried. It gave... No, I didn't. I cried during Wonder Woman. You cried... I did not cry. You cried like a freak bitch baby. <laughs> Don! <laughs> what? Uh, I, I was like, oh, this is giving me flashes to, like, season two, where little Stephanie was, like, cute and... People cared about her, and she had one-on-ones with her Uncle Jesse before Michelle came into her own and was like, it's my show now. So this was just, it was nice to see Stephanie connect with someone in the family. Yeah. Because they don't let it happen. Well, she can only connect by telling Jesse, like, you're right, Uncle Jesse. You are great. You are amazing. I am dumb and trash. (laughs) There was a moment that happened that would never happen in real life. I mean, there's a lot of these things, but Uncle, she's like, you didn't, you were so mean to us. And then he's like... Now, Steph, who are you really mad at? She's like, myself. And I'm like, that's the easiest therapy session I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just the instant breakthrough. Okay, what's really the source of your problems? Me! But, but, yeah, it's a good guy. I'm trash. Uh, that office set, that like a green room, which we almost never see, the brick is the fakest middle school play thing I've ever seen in my life. That's a truly chintzy-looking set. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant poster of Jesse in his office from the music video for his bad song. Jesse, what do you think I should do? Well, Jesse, I think you should kill. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be time to pass out some common awards for woof-worthy fashion. Woof! These are the awards that go to the individuals with the worst sense of fashion. Yeah. Brian, who are you thinking? But we all, we all noted the weird sweater, dr- the dress over the sweater thing mm-hmm. that DJ, DJ had. Yeah, man. Um, so but also, Uncle Jesse, uh, really waste of his talents as a beautiful human being. And also, by the way, we're talking about beautiful human beings. Another shout out that I made while we were watching, uh, you know, uh, observation I made when I watched it. would be remiss if I didn't make this. But Aunt Becky is one of the most beautiful people in the history yeah. of mankind. Lori Laughlin. And, and she continues to be stunning and amazing. To this day, on the weird infomercials that I pass when I'm flipping channels late at night. Yeah, so Uncle Jesse spends most of this episode in some sort of weird, sort of Italian, sort of Elvis kind of open shirts and uh, baggy suit. Elvis is a good comparison. I, I immediately thought of uh, Saturday Night Fever. Travolta. Yeah, a little Travolta-y Big thing. Collar. It's It's a bad look. It was it was just bad, and it was, uh, it was distracting. So you're getting it there? Him? Yeah, I'm going to give it to him. Feel free to wolf with us many, many times. Follow her on Twitter. She's on Twitter? Have you ever heard of this crazy show she does called When Calls the Heart? Uh-oh. Which is a crazy title for a TV show. 
Um, not entirely sure what it's about. Uh, but Doesn't it's matter. When Calls the Heart. I think it's a period show in, like, the frontier. Oh, wait. Is it take place in Canada? Uh, yeah. I think it's okay. a Canadian, yeah, like, frontier show. All right. You're aware that the Hallmark Channel is the number one channel for Trump voters, right? Where did you see that? Uh, they did a breakdown on consumer habits right after the election based off of, uh, you know, census tracts and... The Hallmark uh, Channel. The Hallmark things. Channel and the Hallmark Movie Channels, whereas Hillary Voters, the number one channel is HBO. What's on the Hallmark Channel? Like, I, have, I can't there's even think a of a single of, other example of programming. Sure. There's a lot of Touched by an Angel flashbacks. There are also a lot of... Um, uh, wholesome. Yeah, a lot of wholesome com- comedy, like, you know... Uh, Movies and is it ninety percent repeats? Like just no, the, the Hallmark Movie Channel. I don't know how they do this, but they crank out movies. They must make a movie yeah. every week at, yeah. in their wow. studios, and they just turn them out. And uh, well, they're not as like Lifetime movies are fun because they're kind of salacious, right? There's always mm-hmm. like, oh no, the the mother slept with the boy next door, and now he's you know he's crazy, he's crazy, <laughs> and now the the father has to do something about it. You know, it's like. Uh, the Hallmark movie channels are always like, um, my boss won't let me uh, wear a cross necklace. Yeah, uh, big religious. And then yeah. my mm. boss sucks, but then the boss almost gets hit by a car, and then he's like, I was saved by the power of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then he shows up wearing a cross necklace, and everyone's like, cool, cross and necklace. You know who plays that boss in every one of those movies? Dean Cain. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dean Cain's in a or lot. Kevin Sorbo. Oh, perfect. Actually, yeah, Sorbo's, in a, Sorbo's more of a... Yeah. Was Kevin Sorbo the villain in that God's Not Dead movie? Yeah. Oh, man. And then they got Melissa Joan Hart and Dean to be in the second the one. Dean the villain in that, the one about that town. That oh, that, I can't remember anything about what that movie was. This Christmas one where she like comes to the town and the town's like, uh, Hi. Hi, we're not doing the whole Jesus thing. And, and she's like, like, what? I have to bring Jesus back to this. Tiny little town. Tiny little it's town. called Tiny Little Town. Of course. Maybe that's Lori... What's her name? Laura McCock. What's her name? The woman you're Laughlin. so attracted to? Laura Laughlin. I'm not. I'm not necessarily making it about me. I'm just saying objectively. You're in love with her. Her and Uncle Jesse are really beautiful human beings. It's very. That's very true. I would agree. Yeah. And so it's very clear they're put together by central casting. <laughs> yes. But uh, line them up. Perhaps that is her secret. The power of Christ compels her. <laughs> that's Candace Cameron. She's she's the big religious nut. Nice. There's always <clears throat> one in these shows. Yep. Like someone was going around Hollywood. Being like, no, seriously, at this time, I really swear, because Kirk Cameron, the other, yeah. there's always someone in these shows, so there must have been someone going around to the studios when they're on break being like, oh gosh, isn't it terrible how much drugs and partying your castmates do? Why don't you do something better with your time? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, The so. head of my theater department in college wrote for uh, Growing Pains, so they had to deal with Kirk Cameron transitioning into evangelical. I've seen a documentary on that. It was like a... I didn't know that. Ex- There's something, like yeah, that. and the, the whole point of why they brought Leonardo DiCaprio into that show was because Kirk Cameron insisted that his character have more responsibility. And he's like, I want to have a kid. And they're like, well, it's going to be really hard for you to have a kid because you don't have a family. And he's like, exactly, I want to adopt a kid. And That's like, why they brought that kid. Yeah, he's like a weird foster. Right, situation. and they're, he wanted to have a baby. And they're like, we don't really want to have Michael Seaver just dealing with a baby. We would rather just, uh, you know... You, you, all right, well, here's Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> well, the thing they had to do on set is they had to do sweeps of the set before they would shoot scenes because he would put Bibles everywhere. Like he, in the background. Like, yeah, and like in drawers. <laughs> like, just like, and they were like, hey, Kirk, honestly, stop doing it. And he was like, never. <laughs> also, knowing what we know now about Alan, the late Alan Thick, I can't imagine he was down for that. No. I have a feeling that that was like a... I'm a sure he probably said something where he was just like... Listen, you twerp. <laughs> yeah, you dumb twerp. Little weirdo. You, you could be out there with the rest of the stick men. There's nothing weirder than Kirk Cameron showing up on an early Fall House episode to play DJ's hot cousin. Oh, no. 
And all the kids were like, he's so hot. And it's like, that's your cousin. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> oh, man. He should probably come back to Fuller House play that cousin again. I don't know if he would. Brandon, who are you giving an award to? You know, I, I, I really have to give it to DJ for that outfit. I can't not. The, the print dress. Yes, okay. that she's into that was so shocking. It's, it's just really so bad. low. Why does the scoop go so low? It's her tummy. It's at her tummy. I'm going to give it to DJ for that so childish duck shirt. Oh, the first outfit. It's just got that goofy little collar, and she looks like a little three-year-old. Yeah. I think it might be time for that classic question. All right, Brian, here we go. Okay. Are you ready? Catchphrases are a big part of this show. We have, how rude. You got it, dude. Have mercy. Huh? So my question to you is a two-part. out. Cut it out. Cut it out. I think we got a hat in this episode. Yeah, we haven't gotten to cut it out in a while. Cut it out. He doesn't do that as often as people like. They're all sick of really it. Really remember. Yeah. Um, so uh, my question to you is a two-parter. A. Growing up, did you have something you said a lot that you felt like was kind of your catchphrase as a kid that maybe you pulled from something in in television or whatever? And then B. Do you feel like you have a catchphrase now? I don't think I had. I can't think of one that I had. Uh, as a kid. as a kid, I mean, I remember other ones that people had that always annoyed me. Other uh, like, what? Yeah. Like uh, big whoop. <laughs> Who, who's saying that? I don't know. Kids that I grew up with, like sassy kids. Big yeah. whoop. Yeah, you know. You didn't like their dismissiveness. Yeah, it was just like, come on, it's cool to care about things, guys. It's not cool to like just be like big whoop. I'm sure that they adopt the kids I'm thinking of. I'm sure they adopted it because that was how they coped with their home. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> my dad gave me a black eye. Big whoop. <laughs> Anyway, all right, well, uh, anyway, big whoop. I remember hearing that being like, guys, it's a terrible attitude. Uh, (laughs) I wrote a poem. Yeah, big whoop. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, so big whoop uh, sticks out. (laughs) Okay, as a kid. (laughs) It's awful. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I guess today I I don't know what my catchphrase would be other than like... uh, <laughs> I'm hurting. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the worst Uncle Joey catchphrase. <laughs> Could you imagine if he added that after everything he said? That's not something you've ever actually no, said. No, it's not. But I was trying to think of Uncle Joey. I'm hurting. Uncle Joey, if he was just like, this is like my cholesterol. I'm hurting. Yeah. Jesse, seriously, like, I'm really hurting right now. Like, I think I'm going <laughs> to. Mr. Woodchuck, I'm coming I'm up hurting. with a plan. Like, I'm going to follow through with my plan, <laughs> Jesse. Everything else he says is a cry for help, so we might as well just make it explicit. Yeah. I don't know if I have a catchphrase. I think that might be for a, a question other people would have to answer about me. Why? Do you think I, I have one? No, I don't think you have one, and I think that we must rectify that with a game called Catchy Catchy. catchy. Oh, right. It's a game where Brad yeah, and I. Right. This is next. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. the, most, the most resigned. All right, that's the thing that happens. Yep. <laughs> Have you ever heard us play this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do the damn thing. So you know what this is. We come up with two options for you, and then you choose mine. And you go with that catchphrase, and it's going to be great. Uh, we'll play rock, paper, scissors to determine who will want. go first. Yep. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. You always crush my scissors with your rock. You're on first. Okay, so I'm going first, which means the catchphrase that I'm going to come up with you is, uh, for you, is, give me back my shirt. Give me back my shirt. Mm -hmm. I can say that in a lot of different ways. Like, oh, give me back my shirt. (laughs) Pulled out of the Paris Agreement. Give me back my shirt. Wow, look at my, look at my paycheck. Look at all the money they took out. Give me back my shirt. (laughs) Seems to be the most. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look how much this laundry detergent costs. Give me back my shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just like someone's talking and not letting me speak. They're just like going on and on. I'm like, give me back my shirt. 
All right. Yeah. Or when you're in a okay. lover situation. Yeah, of course. You're like, hey, take that shirt off. Okay. Give it back. That's one. That's one. Okay, I think we've talked about it enough. All right. Um, so <laughs> now... Take my shirt. Now the second one is... Did the crime, father time. Did These the, are not our best. <laughs> did the crime, father time, sounds like it would be a way of saying, like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what happens. The cons- your actions have consequences. Did the crime, father time. Uh-huh. Well, that's not a lawnmower. This is something different. It's a weed whacker. That's a weed whacker. First do the lawn. You need to do the weeds. Then you gotta whack those weeds. Summer jam. <laughs> so what do you choose? I have to say the shirt one is really fun. Right, fine. You, you were overdue win. for You were overdue for I win. Yeah, because Brandon usually wins. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Damn. We've, I don't think we've ever dealt with this nope. ever. Mm-hmm. Normally, your building is not maintenanced at all. <laughs> Brian, thank you for joining us today. Thank you all for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes. Is there anything that you would like to plug at this point? Ways that people can find you. Uh... You just tag me and that'll be fine. I'm doing stuff. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I do stuff online. I'm around in the city of Chicago. Catch him on the show. I follow your Tumblr. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah. Me and all the other tweens are on Tumblr. I love Tumblr. Yeah, of course. And then. uh, What's the name of your Tumblr? Well, uh, I think my handle for pretty much everything is Brian Evans stuff. Okay. Yeah, just tag me, and then you guys can follow if you appreciate these things. It, it, this is actually probably a pretty good sample of how I, uh, of, of me, honestly. Like, oh, we're having a good time, and then I bring up some sort of, like, esoteric, like... Dark. Pseudo-academic, oh. like, reference, and then, you know, it brings the room down. Love yourself. <laughs> I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Maybe your advice for Joey is your advice... I never said that about Joey. I I think he's probably fine. You guys seem to be the one who think he's really struggling. (laughs) Now you're turning it on us? I I am, yeah. Joey, you're fine. I know you're fine. You're fine. If you're listening, you survived, Joey. Step back off that ledge, my friend. Oh, goodness. That's not the song I'm playing at the end. (laughs) Where is it? No. Uh, This is the part of the show where we tell you how you're listening to the show. If it's through iTunes, give us an iTunes review. Five stars, In the store. Uh, If you're listening via streaming, that might be through Stitcher or Libsyn. That's howrudepodcast.labsyn.com. We are on Facebook and Tumblr. That's Uh, hrpodcast.tumblr.com. As of this moment, as of this moment right now, there are no supplemental materials from Bill's episode. I've dropped the ball. But I'm going to put something up there, right. inspired by Bill's episode. Uh, lots of fun videos and photos and such. You can also email us at thehowardpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, if you want us to read an email from you on the f- finale recording, uh, be sure to get that in before July 1st. Mm-hmm. And we're also on Twitter, Brandon. I'm at B-double-E-Shock. I'm at John Pernisek, J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K. And Brian, you've already said it, but one more time. Brian Evans Duff. Yes. And this is the part of the show where we say our names as individuals, and then I say the phrase, and we'll see you next time on, and then as a group, we say the two-word phrase, how rude. Great. But Brandon, who is funny, will do something to mess that up. When okay. was the last time you saw us, Brandon, do something funny? Uh, all day, baby. Yeah! Give me back my shirt over here. <laughs> He's mm. crushing. Thank you. He used your catchphrase against you. <laughs> For me. I mean, what they do with the catchphrase once it's out of my hands is not my business. <laughs> Brandon? I'm Brandon Shockney. I'm John Pernasek. I'm Brian Duff. And we'll see you next time on How Rude. How do you do it? 
How can you get it? How does it work? I'll tell you how. I'm hurting. <laughs>